This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Clients say to me all the time, I don't understand how all this stuff got in my house. And I'm like, well, you or somebody here brought it in. Like, you bought it. It was either shipped here. You brought it in. And stuff is a time suck. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about how to magnetize free time. Yeah. You know, money is nice, of course, yes, but time, that is the ultimate currency. So if our spending habits and our continual accumulation of stuff gets out of control, then we're not only losing our time but we're losing our money as well. So how can we take back our time and improve our efficiency with our most precious resources and work this kind of magic while being married with kids? So to help us to answer this difficult question, I've invited author Tracy McCubbin on the show today. Tracy is an entrepreneur, a CEO, and the author of Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. As the CEO of Declutterfly, which is Los Angeles's premier organizing and decluttering company, Tracy has supported thousands of clients over the last 15 years. When she's not decluttering, Tracy is the proud co-executive director of One Kid, One World, a nonprofit building strong educational foundations for children in impoverished communities throughout Kenya and Central America. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know we have some like-minded friends in common, so I know this conversation is going to be fantastic, especially as we're talking about magnetizing free time. That's very, oh, it's very interesting to me right now as a busy parent. So I know that you support a lot of families, a lot of parents. What unique challenges do parents face when it comes to time management? You know, I think... Well, you have these other little humans in your house that are sort of time sucks. (laughs) And I also think that they're these little balls of Velcro that get out in the world and come back with stuff attached to them. So they, as a parent and running a household, you're really, you know, when I say running a household, it's about running it smoothly, right? And and I think it's really great that you brought this up, Andy, because my whole goal in getting people decluttered and organized is to have a house that supports them. So we put systems in place so that the kids know where their backpacks get hung up at the end of the day. They know where their Polly Pockets and their Legos go so that when they want to play with them, they can find them. So all of this conversation is really in the, you know, 10,000 foot view, making a house run better so your life runs better. And when you add more little humans, you know, that sort of goes astray. So the whole conversation is never about, oh, how does it look on Pinterest? Or, you know, you have the perfect rainbow organized playroom. I go to visit my brother and sister-in-law and I'm like, you are fighting the good fight people. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They have three and two are under eight right now. So again, it's, it's that time that it takes to keep it organized. It's also fostering independence in kids 
right? So putting as many systems in place so that they can take care of them themselves. So that's buying you time, right? And getting it so that it runs smoothly. And also that your whole family and your whole focus isn't like cleaning the house and organizing the house and putting the house back together. And so a big component and nobody likes to hear this. You know, I get asked all the time, what's the easiest way to be organized? Have less stuff. That's the easiest way. So the correlation between a lot of stuff and your time getting gobbled up is 100%. I think that's great. And I think that when we're talking about kids and parenting, I've learned as a dad, or I'm continuing to learn every day as a dad, that modeling is the best way to really teach them how to act the way you want them to act, I guess, or, or lead the life that you want to lead. So let's start with our accumulation of stuff. And then maybe we can talk about the kids a little later. What are we doing? What are the things that are holding us back as parents that are freeing us up from magnetizing free time? We can't talk about decluttering and organizing if we're not talking about what we're buying. We can't, you know, clients say to me all the time, literally like, I don't understand how all this stuff got in my house. And I'm like, well, you or somebody here brought it in. Like you bought it. It was either shipped here, you put it in your car, you drove, you brought it in. And stuff is a time suck. You got to manage it. You've got to organize it. You've got to put it away. You've got to throw it away. You've got to fix it. So we can't talk about time management and we can't talk about decluttering and organizing if we're not talking about how much stuff we're bringing in. And the more stuff you bring in, the more you have to deal with. Anyone who has a kid who has a playroom, talk to me. Like, you get one more of those big giant Lego sets and then the next thing you know, you're like in a tip, like it just all of a sudden you're like, I need a wood chipper. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. So the correlation between too much stuff and eating up time is huge. And that's something that I think that there's this push on parents, like more toys are better, more books are better, you know, more, 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 more. But studies have shown that's not the case. That you know, dampens their imagination because they just are onto the new thing. If your kids have ADHD or are leaning in that direction, the next new shiny thing, you know, look, you can have your kids have an access to a huge library. It's called the library. Like your kids can go to the library and learn about checking out a book and this amazing free resource that our communities provide. So there's so many ways like to start thinking about as a parent, Okay, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure you've talked about this here. They did a study that when you add a baby into your life, you increase your possessions by 30%. And for the second kid, it's another 30%. It's not like, <laughs> it's not, like everyone's like, I'm going to reuse everything. And I'm like, no, that kid's not going to like that bouncy chair. Like the first kid loved it, the second kid didn't. So as you're increasing kids in your life, you're increasing your stuff and your stuff, it it does two things. Clutter does two things. It eats up your time and it eats up your money. You talk about this concept in the book, which I glommed on to because I thought it was very interesting. You talked about efficiency clutter. Talk to us about what efficiency clutter is and how that can actually make things worse. Right. So these are these things that we buy to save us time, you know, that, that are marketed. This will save us time. I mean, in the book, I make the joke about the combination shampoo and conditioner, you know, and that, like, did you actually in that 10 seconds you saved learn Mandarin? Like, what did you do with your time? Or, you know, Instapots or air fryers or, you know, look, they're great. They're great crock pots, 
but they don't really save you that much time. A Dutch oven on the stove does the same thing. So we're marketed to that this stuff is going to save us time. But what happens is then you also have to deal with it. I've got to find a place to put the Instapot. I don't want it living. I have a stick blender and I have an immersion blender and I have a, you know, and I have a Vitamix. And all of a sudden I see people and I especially see families because they're so desperate to buy themselves back a little time that they're buying all these things that are going to save them time without realizing I'm just adding more stuff and now I got to deal with the stuff. So the t- time that I thought it was like this Mobius strip, right? Of like the time I thought I was going to save, now I got to spend dealing with the stuff. And so around and around you go. Having gone into a lot of people's homes in Los Angeles as the premier organizing a decluttering company in Los Angeles, would you say Instapot or the waffle maker or the other XYZ thing is one of the largest things that you normally take out of the house? Yeah. Exercise equipment. I take ah, a lot of go. exercise equipment out. <laughs> yeah. Those cooking gadgets, they really like, it just comes down to, you know, it works great. A knife and a nice pot. It really, you know, and they, the Instapot is on its way to becoming the George Foreman grill of the, you know, <laughs> you of yes, the twenties. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, exercise equipment could fall into that category too, where it's, where our intention is very pure. We want to save time. We want to take care of our health. A couple of years later, it's where the clothes go to dry and not necessarily what our intention was, right? Exactly. And, you know, I think that And there are, you know, people come at me a little bit. And of course, there are kitchen gadgets that work great. We use the Crock-Pot at my house all the time. There's something about, you know, throwing the stuff in. You could also do it on the stove in the low heat. It just, everything comes, literally everything comes with a price. It comes with a price and it comes with a price of time. So it's about not falling for the marketing, Andy, you know, and like, this is going to save my life. Okay, here's the thing. If there was an invention out there that saved us all a ton of t- like we would all have it right as soon as like fire was invented we all figured it out as soon as electricity so these like gadgets that are just marketing towards us especially on social media it's like we're just looking we're looking for that quick fix and sometimes it's less stuff in a good system Let's talk about some practical tips that parents can do now. Now that we've, we've labeled the issue of what's stealing our time, obviously a great source for this is us grabbing it and bringing it home. Maybe some shopping habits or just some consumeristic habits that we could have that could protect us. Do you have any suggestions there, Tracy? I do. I have a couple. So a really fantastic one is, this is just a language switch. Stop saying, I need. I hear so many people say, oh, I need a new pair of jeans or my kids need another Lego set or my kids need, you can tell Legos are my thing. I have stepped on way too many in bare feet. So I'm like those things, you know, so instead of saying need, say I want, just change your verbiage because when you realize, when you acknowledge that it's a want, it's like, oh, I can approach it different. If it's a need, you're like, I got to buy this right away. If it's a want, then you're like, oh, you know, maybe I don't. And the want will go away. Another amazing thing is you can run a report on Amazon of your spending. Mm-hmm. They put it out in a spreadsheet. And I think it's so valuable to do. It's so like run a month report or a three-month report and just go through with a highlighter and like that was a want, that was a need, that was a want, that was a need. And when you see it, because that Amazon, oof, it is a slippery, slippery slope, right? You just hit by, hit by. I mean, you know, we don't have to 
I joke all the time, you don't even have to put pants on to go to the store anymore. Like it just (laughs) shows up. It's so easy to shop. So really tracking your spending. Another really fantastic one is for every, you can kind of do 50 or a hundred dollars for every sort of, let's say $50, an item costs, you wait 24 hours to buy it. So we sort of get 72 hours and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we don't really need that. Or we can actually, the one we have works fine. Those are shifts that you can make. And and also, you know, I know that you've talked about this. You have to have a budget, have a budget. I mean, it's just, it keeps you honest. It's so helpful. It's like, okay, this is what we have. This is what we have to spend. This is what we make. This is what we have to spend. This is how much we want to save. This is how much we want to you know, put away, this is how much we want to give for charitable giving. Like, it's so simple. And it's so, my 22-year-old niece just called me. I was visiting her and her family. And she was like, I need help. I, I need to get good with money. And I was like, great. And let's do a budget. She's like, well, I kind of, and I was like, no, 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 no. But just not something you kind of, you don't kind of do a budget. Let's get a spreadsheet and what are your fixed costs and let's, you know. And so when you, when people understand that their clutter is connected to their spending, people aren't making that correlation. It's like, no, 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 you're buying all this stuff. So that's where your money's going and your time's going to shopping. And that's where the clutter's coming from. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan 
above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. I love the budget. I mean, it sounds so cliche and it ends up being the answer that most of these financial experts that I have on the show say, if you just start with that. And the reason is, is that you're setting an intention. My intention is to do this. It is based on my goals, my values, who I am as a person. And then to your point, when you're out and about shopping or get the one thing that you're hoping to get at the store and it looks like five or six, you can look back to that intention and say, is this where I need to be? And use needs and wants to do the same thing. Now, I know a lot of time we end up with accumulation of stuff and it ends up being at our house. Let's say the stuff's already there, Tracy. The stuff's in the house. What are some habits that we can do now that the things are in our house to, I guess, slowly seep back our time and our space while we're there? Is this a weekly thing? Is this a quarterly thing? How often do we need to be decluttering? Oh, that's such a good question. How often? So what I tell people and what I do in my own house is that if it takes me more than 20 minutes to put a room back together the way that I like it, I'd invite company over, have, you know, play date with friends, kids. If it takes more than 20 minutes, then the clutter's gotten the upper hand. Like all of a sudden, if you're like, oh, I got to spend a day on this garage or, you know, all of a sudden, that's a really good way to look at it. And, you know, I... It sort of depends on the the rhythm that works best for you. I'm a big fan of four times a year, a big declutter, but sometimes families don't have that. So I did create, I do these on Instagram and TikTok, these five-minute decluttering challenges where I take five minutes and I'm like, coffee mugs, go, pens, go, you know, kids' single socks, go. And they've been a huge hit and my moms really love them. Because it's like, oh, I can just, you know, knock this out, get this done. The kid's taking a nap. Not assuming that moms are the only ones that are the primary care- caregivers, but, you know, most of the time. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's understanding. And I think this applies to money and time now that I'm thinking about it. This is such an interesting concept. But that we all think we have more time than we actually do. Right, we think we have more, we think we have more money than we actually do, and we think we have more time than we actually do. So sometimes it's really helpful to schedule in decluttering. Like, okay, as a family, we're going to spend an hour, you know, a half an hour on Saturday, and everybody's going to tackle their room, and we're going to make a donate box, and we're going to make a trash and recycle box, and you know, it, it, it's and also understanding that decluttering, organizing, and cleaning are three separate tasks which is very interesting for especially parents. So decluttering is going through and figuring out the things that you don't want, need, or use anymore and getting rid of them. If that means donating to someone else, buy nothing groups. I'm a huge fan of buy nothing groups for families. I think they're just genius. I will say in the world of, you know, what do we do with the stuff that we're getting rid of? Families are really amazing about passing along to the next family, the family next door. They've got kids a little like those kids grow out of that stuff so fast. It's it's great. But by no, if you don't have that community, buy nothing groups are fantastic for getting rid of the stuff that you don't want. So there's the decluttering. Then there's the organizing, right? Where does it go? Where does it live? How do you put it back? You know, I love organizing for kids 
because you can't start them too young. They get it. They, I mean, if you've ever been to a Montessori preschool, they understand. They understand shapes. They understand colors, you know. And so getting them and, – and I had this conversation yesterday with somebody and she was saying – she was telling her daughter to clean up her room and I think her daughter is 12, a preteen, and she couldn't find the why. She was just like, well, because I know what's better for you. And so I find with kids the conversation of like, look, cleaning your room, cleaning your playroom, here's why – you know, here's why to have it organized. Because when you want to find that toy, you know exactly where it is. That it's not about you have to have your room clean because you have to or mom and dad tell you, but the thing you want, you know where to find. If your backpack is hung at the same spot every day, the next morning when it's time to go to school, you're not running around. Where's my homework? Where's my thing? Where's my, ah, you know, families are already doing that. So these systems work to save you time. So decluttering, organizing, and then cleaning's cleaning. And there are three different tasks, and you ne- not necessarily can do them all at the same time. Sometimes you have to break them up. So I think when you when people understand that, because sometimes people go, we're in spring and everyone's getting ready for spring cleaning, they'll start to clean and they'll be like, oh, wait, I have so much stuff. And it's like, step back, do the decluttering, got it organized, and then clean. Necessarily, we can't fit everything into one day, all of our habits, all the things we're supposed to do. But if we schedule these things, I love your at least once a quarter diving deep and spending a day on it because there is some sort of weight off of my shoulders. I know when I participate on this with my wife and include my kids that it just feels like a weight off of your shoulders. I feel the same relief when I've gone through, call it a deep dive with my wife on our budget, our plan, our goals, where we feel like we're on the same page. It is that same relief that you have with space management, time management that you do with financial management as well. So I would highly recommend that for a lot of people who are listening as well. And the other great thing about, one of the reasons I like doing it quarterly too, is that I like to tie it to the seasons because what happens is like you're going from winter to spring and you're like, okay, here's all this stuff we didn't use last winter. So if we didn't use it last winter, we're not going to use it next winter. So it gives you this way, like it gives you a really nice marker of, okay, summer's over, bathing suits are grown out of, let's return all the books to the library. You know, we're getting ready for school to start. So those markers for families are are really helpful because you can give yourself a, a litmus test. Like, oh, right, we didn't, okay, we didn't play with these toys all summer. So we're not going to play with them this fall. I want to talk to you about something that I've been going through recently. I want to see if you've seen this with other families too. I've gotten to a point where we've got a very nice home and my wife actually has spent time as a professional organizer as well. So this conversation hits right at home for me. We have uh, just as base our our growth of life, accumulated things. We just got a new car. The garage is feeling a little cramped. You know, other areas of the home, oh, we don't have enough storage here. Do you find that any of the clients that you've had after they've maybe accumulated too much stuff, end up buying a bigger home because (laughs) of the accumulation of stuff when they maybe could have just spent some time decluttering their home. Uh, This is my absolute favorite. People say to me, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time someone has said this to me, I I would be in Hawaii. Let's just say (laughs) living there. People say to me, I just need a bigger house. My response is, you will just fill it up with stuff. You will just fill it up with stuff. We expand to meet, to fill our space. So this idea of like, I need a bigger house, there may be a point when you do, if three kids are sharing, you know, maybe, but also lots of people have grown up in 
smaller houses and been perfectly happy. And, you know, so this idea that I need a bigger house to house my stuff is going to lead to, oh, well, I just need a storage unit to house all this stuff. And then you're paying $400 a month for a storage unit. So it's, I'm really like, make the house you have work. Make the house you have work. And, you know, it's funny. We are, I'm living with my husband and his, my stepdaughter and our house is a little small. And we, you know, we, there are days, there are days where we're all like, okay, you know, but we're making it work for right now. And right now for us financially, for a lot of reasons, this house makes sense. But, you know, there are days, but it's not, it's interesting because we've never, we've never said it about the stuff. We've just said it like we'd all like a little more of our own space. Like just a little, that, and so I think if it's, that's what you're looking at, it makes sense. But if you're like, I have so much stuff, you have the house that you have. You're, it means that your stuff is owning you. You're not owning your stuff. If you're making a change like that and upgrading a house to house all your stuff, I think that's mixed up priorities. I think that's real because, I mean, if we need more space personally where we need those individual things, I think the pandemic messed with us a little bit because we put everything back in the house. It's like, okay, I need to have a great office. I need to have a library of sorts. There are libraries. There are offices. There are public parks. There are things. And I think maybe we're moving I hope that we're moving back to a place where we get to embrace more of the space that we have within our communities and our, our country as a broad look instead of saying, I need everything within the square footage of my home. And I think you, you bring something really great up, Andy, and I want people to understand that a lot of our consuming during the pandemic, the buying, the overbuying, the I need, 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 what that really was about is we felt so out of control. We felt so out of control and we were cut off from our communities. We were, you know, we weren't connecting with people in the way that we used to. I mean, these kids, first of all, kids, parents, I, I bow to you. I don't know how, I don't know how you did it. I don't. I went to a client of mine who's beautiful home. She's immaculate. I went after the pandemic and I was like, my eyes just, and <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything. I mean, you, she's always dressed impeccably and she just looks at me and she goes, oh, three kids, we gave up. We yeah. just gave up. And I was like, <laughs> of course you did. She's like, they got to Zoom school and we did what we had to and I don't even go in their rooms anymore. So I think understanding that the circumstances of the pandemic changed us and it, you know, it was like we were so out of control. It's like, if I have a, if I have a spiralizer, my life, I'll be able to fix this thing that's so scary. So, you know, I, I agree with you now that we're on the other side of it for the most part. We don't need, we don't, because here's the other thing. Look around all that stuff you bought during the pandemic. How much of it did you actually use? That's very true. I had something nice during the pandemic that I liked, which was that general pause, uh, being able to kind of reflect and look at our priorities and make sure we're doing the right thing. There's somebody listening right now and said, my pause is gone. I'm back to this crazy schedule of we're going to birthday parties, we're going to all the work events, and I'm traveling again, and I just do not have free time. And all this advice you're talking about, Tracy, here is I need time to make free time. <laughs> what would you say to that person? <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I need time to make free time. <laughs> I think it's like you said, I think it's in that same way. It's almost like you need to do a time audit, you know, to go to get back to, like you said, what are your core values as a family? What do you, where do you want to spend your time? You know, what are the things that you can say no to? Really? I, I think if for me personally, if I learned anything during the pandemic, it's like I say no to a lot of stuff that I used to 
you know, in some ways I kind of liked it. My husband and I hung out and we, you know, we had a really like, it was hard and I missed a lot of things, but we also had a really nice time together. And so I think, I think that doing a time audit, like where does our time go? And do we have to go to every birthday party? And do we have to, okay, I'm going to use this platform to say this. I want everyone out there. If your child gets invited to a birthday party and on the invitation, it says no gifts, that parent means no gifts. And I know you parents out there, I know you the gifts you give that kid, you're just regifting a gift somebody gave you and you're passing it along. But if it says no gifts, they mean it. Those kids have too many toys. So if it says no gifts, respect it, please. And also, can we do away with the gift bags at, at kids' birthday parties? <laughs> That's just clutter in a cute printed bag. No one needs a scented eraser. No one needs a, you know spinner doodle, like those things are just, I, I, so that is my, I, I'm taking this platform to talk to the families out there. <laughs> I love that. You can always get on your soapbox and talk about those things. We have a basket for little tiny things that we got from the birthday parties that the kids don't play. It always makes its way to the donation box or out of the house or, or we even give it to kids as they're leaving the house. So it's like somebody else, <laughs> somebody else take it, <laughs> passing along the problem. <laughs> I think I was, t- I was sharing this with you before. I just got married and we did, we did, there, we had an absolutely perfect wedding. It was just the greatest weekend of my life. But there were a lot of wedding things we didn't do. And one thing we didn't do is like the gift bags in people's hotel rooms and we didn't do favors at the table. No one asked. <laughs> no one said, why didn't I have flip flops with my name on it? And, you know, it's like those things could just go away and no one, I'm telling you, parents, I don't know when it started, and I don't know why people think that they have to order all this stuff from Orient Trading. What is that? Terrible, like cheap, <laughs> awful, just like, just put it right in the ocean. Just throw all this stuff right in the ocean because that's where it's going. You know, so like, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I've been seeing a couple of my clients have been doing some things like I thought was really cute. A client of mine had her daughter make cookies with the each kid's name on it. So it was like this gesture of like, thank you for coming to my party. I'm going to make this thing. The kids leave with a cookie. Everybody loves a cookie. I was like, oh, that's so fantastic because you're teaching your daughter, the child, to express gratitude. So here's the thing. If you're doing the gift bags because you're like, oh, I want to thank them for coming to my party. Well, the kid whose party it is isn't involved. They're not ordering it online. You're ordering it. You're shopping. You're stuffing the bag. So the kid is out of the process. But doing something like making a cookie or writing a thank you note, you know, that it's it's getting the kid involved in the practice of gratitude. Absolutely. And seeing the work that probably goes into it as well and realizing, okay, maybe we don't need to do as much in the process as well, because as we talked about today, all the stuff that we do, all the time spent on the stuff that we're doing can really steal our free time. And what we want to do is, as Tracy says in her awesome book, magnetize free time. So let's talk about this awesome book. Where could people get Make Space for Happiness? Tell us about it. Absolutely. So first of all, it's in almost every library in the United States. So if you're trying to keep your book collection down, please visit or put it on. Most libraries have the audio and the ebook, but you can request it with your your local public library. Bookshop.org is my favorite place. It's a consortium of independent booksellers, Barnes & Noble, The Big A, 
you know, it's there. So lots of places to get it. And again, if you're trying to keep your clutter down, the audiobook is really great. I read it. So it's like you get me for five hours in your ear. And then, yeah, it's been, it's doing great. It's just, the feedback is unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you do buy it, just know that it does look pretty nice as well. It's got this beautiful (laughs) picture of a simplified lifestyle and a decluttered home. So it could make for a great coffee table book as well. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. intersection of decluttering and minimalism when it comes to your home, your finances, and your schedule, man, it is too hard to deny. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Tracy McCubbin. Number one, stuff takes up time. Yeah, the more stuff we have in our lives, the more time it takes to manage it, store it, update it, maintain it, and so much more. A quick example from my side here, everybody, I just recently upgraded my iPhone while It didn't take up much extra space. It took up a lot of extra time. Time to move all my photos over to the cloud. Time to move the apps and the contacts and all that stuff over to the new phone. Time to transfer my old phone into a usable phone for somebody else. And honestly, all that work kind of jacked up my week. (laughs) I was looking for this new phone to be a time saver over the long term. But in the short term, it was a time suck. Think about that with all of the potentially dozens and dozens of things that we buy every month. Time draining from your life to take care of, update, and maintain more stuff. Number two, we expand to meet the space we have. I loved when Tracy said that we expand to meet the space we have. It is so true. This hits home as my personal biggering bug has taken over lately. Well, I'd really like a bigger office. Well, I'd really like a bigger garage. Well, our kids could really have some bigger rooms, you know. No, Andy, no. (laughs) If you get a bigger house, you'd probably just fill it up with more stuff. And then that stuff will take more of your time. And you'll have less time to do the things that matter in your life. So instead, my wife and I are going to continue to declutter and minimize so that we can enjoy the space that we have. Number three, family, wealth, and happiness takes a village. As parents, this anti-accumulation of stuff, it needs to start with us. If we want our kids to enjoy the things they have and not clutter up their rooms, we need to show them how by modeling that type of behavior. Declutter with them. Return things you don't need. Give away stuff that doesn't serve you anymore. Use those gift cards that are sitting around the house. And do this with your kids, everyone. Also, help out other families by not adding more stuff into their homes. You heard Tracy's PSA on those little tiny toys at birthday parties. The madness needs to stop. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, if we want to see some change in our consumeristic society then let's be the change that we want to see. And those are my top three takeaways, everybody. I would love to hear from you on what yours were. Please hit me up on social media at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram and Facebook, and then at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn and Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going, everybody. 
As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show, to Mandy Burt for her stellar writing on our blog, and to Josh Doring for his support as our executive virtual assistant. This content is not possible without you all. Thank you so much for your support. Hey, if you want to create some more connections with like-minded people who are on a mission to improve their families' financial situations, well, you should join us in our Thriving Families Facebook community. This is a free Facebook group focused on helping young families thrive. In our group, we ask questions and share helpful tips that inspire us on our family wealth and happiness journeys. I wanted to give a shout out to a longtime group member, Karen Lynn, for her continued contributions to our group. Recently, she asked the group, which Finfluencers, which are like financial influencers, authors, bloggers, podcasters, you know, YouTubers, which were their favorites? She asked everybody, say, hey, name your top people. What are your favorites? And here are a few of those top names. Ramit Seti, Tiffany Aliche, Jason Vitug, David Bach, Bola Sukumbi, and so much more. You'll have to check out the post for all of the lists, and maybe you'll be inspired by somebody's book or somebody's YouTube channel or somebody's podcast to kind of put those positive messages in your ears so you can keep moving forward on this family wealth building journey that you're on. So Karen, thank you so much for being a group leader and helping us all win by finding content that will help everybody win financially. Thank you. Can I get a round of applause for our friend Karen for sparking conversation for us in our group? All right, Karen, thank you so much. Thank you very much. If you're looking to make some connections with like-minded people and get inspired by them, please check out our free Thriving Families Facebook group. You can go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. It's free. It's on Facebook. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Susie Orman. People first, then money, then things. Here's to taking time to focus on the people that matter most in your life. Carpe diem. 